And this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. And I'm Philip. And Philip, it's been oh, it's been a rough week weekend for me. Uh, as our listeners are hearing this, we are actually recording a day late, and we'll be releasing a day late because you know shit happens sometimes, and and you and I, we both have lives. But Very true. We, we strive to do this at least once a week, and uh, sometimes it's not going to be on the day it's supposed to be on. But I'll, I'll start because I, this is something that you know I I, I got to get it off my chest, and it actually relates to politics. Um, it just happens to be us with our provincial pals hat on instead, because <laughs> we can yes. agree right now. Olivia Chow is going to be sworn in on. July 12th, uh, they're in transition, so kind of everything is at a standstill. Influx. Influx, at a standstill, whatever word you guys want to use. So until then, we'll talk about other politics that are affecting us, and uh, I can't help but uh, want to rag on, on Doug Ford and talk shit about him, because, uh, well, you'll see what I'm about to say. So, uh, and you know, I'm always happy to rag on Doug Ford. So there's no conflict here. It's one of your favorite things to do. Absolutely, 100%. So, in the interest of keeping their identity sealed, because I don't like talking about people uh, that are whatever. Anyway, <laughs> we'll just say that there are members in my family who. Um, there was a fight. There was a fight this weekend. And um, so I don't know if you're aware of this, Phil, and our listeners that are listening. Um, there is trouble coming down the pipe. And, and I'm not and I will ask you for the definition of a word in a few minutes. But um, this is what I'm actually talking about. Uh, the Ontario liberal uh, not liberals the ontario conservative government has for 2023 decided that the the amount that renters that landlords can uh, increase renters is 2.5 percent that is for 2023 yes. the problem is going to be in 2024 and um so i I may have known it already, but I, I came across it, um, started reading the newspaper again. I came across it, and it happens to apply to the family members that I was fighting with. Um, so for 2024, it works like this. If you are in a rental situation that commenced after November 15th, 20, uh, 2018, uh, sorry, it, if you are in a rental situation that commenced before that for 2024, it's 2.5%. You have no issue. The problem is, is that if your rental situation is 
after that started after that the sky is the limit in terms of what your rent can be raised as long as you get a 90-day notice your rent could literally go up two thousand dollars and there's nothing you can do about it and you guys know this about me having listened to my other show and i'm sure phil knows this i like to be proactive there are members in my family who are reactionary And I don't understand that and they don't understand being proactive. And so uh, that's basically the crux of, I mean, there's other stuff too, but that was the crux of this weekend. And I wanted to record yesterday, but I just, my heart wasn't in it. I was too upset. These are people that I really, really care about. And um, I'm angry at Doug Ford. And this is coming from someone who used to like him, who used to say he's just like his brother, Rob. Whoa, that's a slap in the face to Rob Ford. Um, I fucking hate this guy. He's bring back, bring back the fucking license, license plate registration. I mean, what was the point of getting rid of that to make life more affordable? But everything else has gone up. Every, every other cost you could possibly think of has gone up, except, okay, so he got rid of the license plate thing. Big whoop. Everything else has not even been eliminated. It's it's gone up. And it just, uh, I know it sounds like fear-mongering, and I'm going to ask you for your definition of that, because I'm interested in your definition, and anything you want to add on anything I just said. But then I'm going to read a couple of different definitions of fear-mongering. So where do you want to start, Phil? You know, I'm it's I'm very interested in in what you're talking about because that's that's sort of where I stand with this provincial government. It's the only government I feel like where their incompetence or their lack of caring has directly led to lower quality of life directly, like not slowly over time deterioration of services, like things going to shit directly. The, the lack of rent control situation uh, directly affects me and my family. Like, um, we're very stressed out in our current uh, housing situation. We'd love to move. The, the prices for rentals now are completely out of reach. And even, like, this weekend, I feel like I've had a, an emotional, personal crisis on, on just the fact that it feels like it's impossible to go anywhere, to do anything. not, And I don't even mean in the sense of like fun, like going out and doing something, but I do mean that too. Like there's, there's no money for that shit either. It's just, you know, where, how are you supposed to go anywhere, move anywhere? You have a problem with your landlord. Oh yeah. You have the freedom to just move. I can't afford $2,000 rent for one bedroom apartment for a family of four like that's i i can't that's almost 100 percent of my income you know um sorry i i just uh i i really felt what you were saying about uh this government and doug ford specifically so that i want i want because our listeners might call us out on this so what's your definition of fear-mongering i think fear-mongering is i would say there's kind of like extensive it essentially you're giving for the most part i would say 
either straight up false information or exaggerated information that is just meant to, I mean, make people afraid. So it's like in a political sense, it would be to be afraid of either the party in charge or the opposition. Like everyone, unfortunately, everyone does it. But uh... So from the Oxford Dictionary, I got here, <laughs> I, I disagree. You'd let me know if you agree, because I, I, I don't. Um, but their definition is the action of deliberately arousing public fear or alarm about a particular issue. But it doesn't say uh, uh, when it's not necessary. It just says that. Um, um, yeah, because the then it implies that even like good issues is also like fear mongering, right? But that's what you hear all the time, right? Anytime someone wants to talk about something, whether your name is Matt Walsh or Ben Shapiro or uh, Joe Rogan, oh, it's fear mongering. Doesn't matter what the subject is. Doesn't matter what side they're on. It's fear mongering, and I think that's horseshit. Uh, what we're talking about in terms of Doug Ford is not fear mongering. This is actually shit that is going to happen. It's slated for 2024. It's going to affect every person that I know, and. I don't know what to do other than be proactive. You know, I've come up with ideas like I'm getting a fucking trailer and piecing the fuck out of here, but you can't live in a trailer with children. So that doesn't work. Plus the winter comes even, even if you are lucky enough to get a quote unquote winterized trailer, it's actually not winterized. I don't know why that that's false. That's fucking fear. No, that's false information because that's uh I mean, that's, it's not winterized. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, but yeah, so that really, really, uh, fuck Doug Ford, man. You're not, you're not going to find a bone in my body that disagrees with that statement. You're not, you're just, well, no, that's not true. There's the one, you know, the one funny bone who enjoys him swallowing the bee, but the rest of the bones are very anti Doug Ford. It just bums me out because of the bad job that the liberals did when they were the, the provincial government. There was so much hope that the pendulum was going to swing the other way. And, you know, the liberals were bankrupting us for the future with all the all the gas plants and all that stuff. The fucking conservatives are bankrupting our present. Well, we still have to pay for the bankrupt future. You know, and I, what really frustrated me about the 2022 provincial election was, you know, you'd hear people say, oh, the liberals weren't, um, you know, weren't whatever enough and the NDP weren't inspiring enough. And it's like, but the conservatives like dropped the ball. It felt like every step of the way for the past four years. And then we gave them more seats. I know. The, I think the voter turnout was worse, so they technically got more seats with less votes. That's not important. They got more seats, despite the fact that all this government seems to be capable of doing is dropping the ball. And we're one year later into their second mandate, so five years of this conservative government in power. They blow it. Just uh, every every step of the way, they suck. Absolutely. There is one high note and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the 
by-election for Scarborough Guildwood is set for July 27th. Is that correct? That sounds correct to me. Do you want to go over the the participants? I don't have that pulled up in front of me. Perhaps you could do that? I could do that. Sure. I mean, mean, we know who the conservative guy is. He's your buddy, your, your friend. Yeah, Gary Crawford, um, who I'm silently, silently, I'm rooting for him because a couple of reasons. One, the Ontario Conservatives already have a majority. What will one more seat do for them? Nothing, nothing. And also Scarborough Guildwood, you'd be doing yourselves a disservice uh, by getting you know, representative who won't respond to your emails. And that's just my personal experience. Um, on the other hand, uh, let's see what else is going on. He could be the, he could be the, uh, the new budget chief for the conservatives. <laughs> God help us. God help everyone. No, I think that, I think they're still good with their boy, uh, Vic, we all must sacrifice Fideli. Oh, he's what the, I call him. He's the finance minister. I think he he, he might have up. just been in the past, but uh, I I have a grudge on him since that was like their first year in office, and oh god, what a piece of shit. Anyways, uh, so yes, conservative party is running Gary Crawford. The liberals are running Andrea Hazel, who is a she apparently owns a financial management firm and is president and chair of the Scarborough Business Association. So I'm just reading this off on a, this is a CBC uh, mm-hmm. article about it. So that's just, that's just what I'm reading this off of. Okay. Do we, have, do we have an NDP candidate? We have an NDP candidate. I apologize if I end up screwing up your name. Uh, Thadsha Nevanithan. Uh, Never see. heard of him or her. So she, she came to Toronto with her family as refugees fleeing Sri Lanka. She is a community organizer, so I'm cool with that. All right. Absolutely. And uh, they also have a Green Party candidate, Tara McMahon. Green Party banner. She has worked in the HVAC and plumbing industries for nearly 20 years. Cool. Good for her. All right. That's it. So it's Gary Crawford, Andrea Hazel, Thatcha Nevanithan, and Tara McMahon. So, uh, yeah, you know what? All of them sound like nice people in any got- other race, I'd say, except for the conservatives. But in this case, again, Gary Crawford, but, do what you got to do. But he's the only name that people are going to recognize as well. Well, so here's my thought. Okay, I I don't know enough about the history of Scarborough Guildwood. So I don't know if that's a normally a liberal place. Like, So there's no incumbency here, which is interesting. But no, this obviously, is this is this is Mitzi Hunter's old seat. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they do have they do have the liberal. It was a liberal seat. I don't know if that means it's a liberal area. Um, again, I don't know the history of the area, so I don't know if that means it's going to be an easy shoe in for Andrea Hazel. Um, but again, as you said, Gary Crawford has name recognition. Um, I don't know. Maybe Scarborough Southwest is very pro Doug Ford. Maybe they're Ford Nation. And also, maybe Mitzi Hunter stays out of it, considering most liberals did not endorse her for mayor. Seemed very rude. Well, with that, let's go over um, 
you know, I happened upon the Ontario Liberal website, ontarioliberal.ca, for the 2023 Ontario Liberal Party leadership election. You got, you got to hear. Of, have you thought about signing? I, I think if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I think it's actually free to sign up to be a member of the Ontario, uh, the Ontario Liberal Party. And the only reason I would suggest you do that, if it's true that it's free, is that you can vote for leader of the party, which That's I think true. I want to do. That's true. But let me, these are the rules. We're going to go over the uh, people that are, are running so far, but you got to hear these rules. So <clears throat> it says here on the website, following our membership's decisions, decision to move to a direct voting system in March, the Ontario Liberal Party is excited to share details of what will be our most inclusive and accessible leadership process ever. Uh, party members will cast ranked ballots on Saturday, November 25th, 2023, and Sunday, November 26, 2023. Voting will be available in person for almost all constituency associations, student clubs, and women's clubs, with a small number voting by mail. Ballot counting and the announcement of round-by-round -round results will take place on Saturday, December 2nd, 2023. I don't know why I just said it like that. Uh, with the Ontario Liberal Party's new leader announced the same day. The candidate registration deadline is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023, uh, with an entry fee of $100,000. $100,000, Philip. Let me ask you something. I'm curious. I don't know how it works, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm honest. So only one can win, right? So what happens to the, like, if I'm, a, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm running and I lose, <laughs> do, do I get my $100,000 back? Uh, okay. That's, that's the deposit. No, no, it's, it's how do they how do they frame it? So it's an entry fee of a hundred thousand dollars plus a refundable uh twenty five thousand dollar deposit. So the it's only, in effect it's a hundred. The only part they get back is a twenty five thousand. So it's a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, and you get twenty five thousand dollars back. Who the fuck has that kind of money? And I, you know what? And that's that's the thing. And that's you know, there's sort of been the conversation about. Um, you know, and I, I think Nick brought it up a little bit last week about kind of raising the barrier to entry for running for office. And I, I fundamentally disagree with that because I, I feel like it keeps people from being able to run to like be able to go for these positions, even if they're, even if they're a long shot or, you know, low chance to get it, I think they should be allowed to go for it. And a hundred thousand dollars, that's, that's a barrier too high for so many people, so many potentially good candidates. Absolutely. And I mean, the the biggest <clears throat> current uh, Ontario Liberal leadership candidate that I, it sounds like it is getting the most traction, uh, Bonnie Crombie. God, she sounds awful. Like she sounds like she wants to be the conservative premier, but because that's Doug Ford, she's like, I oh, shit, I guess I got to be the liberal. Well, we'll get there. Uh, okay, so a couple more. The final date to join the Ontario Liberal Party as a member of a constituency association 
or Women's Club and be eligible to vote in the leadership election is Monday, September 11th, 2023. The First final- of all, never forget. And uh, second of all, uh, that's quite a good chunk of time to decide if I want to commit myself to the Ontario Liberals, if, if only temporarily. Right. Uh, the final date to join the Ontario Liberal Party as a member of a student club and be eligible to vote in the leadership election is Tuesday, September 26, 2023. During the leadership election, the party will also host at least five debates around the province. Dates and locations for these debates will be announced at a later date. You know who loves to watch these is opposite parties because when this was happening, this was when this was happening federally for the conservatives, they were ripping each other apart. And Justin Trudeau is sitting back and laughing. I mean, it's all competitive, though. They have to be. That's they true. have to tear the shit out of each other. That's true. So the registered candidates for the 2023 leadership election include Bonnie Crombie, the mayor of Mississauga, uh, Nathaniel. Erskine Smith. I don't know who that is. Um, Ted. Uh, Sue? Sure. Yeah, Sue. Spelled H-S-U. I've never heard of him. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, Matthew, Mac- I feel confident that every name you're going to say on this list is going to be followed by. I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. And uh, he just entered. He's a, I think he's a doctor. Uh, Adil Shamji. Never heard of him, but <laughs> the only one I've heard, I've heard of Nathaniel. I, I've heard of him, but I don't know him. I Obviously, think he's uh, the MP for um, Beaches East York. So I wonder, federal. I wonder if he's friends with Brad Bradford. Uh, so dun, that's dun, an interesting. Dun. No, no, no. That's an interesting thing. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of not, not hyper controversy. I, I feel more like hyper-concentrated on Twitter controversy with the fact that they're cool with each other. I don't think it translates, you know, beyond that. Um, But I I think they are cool with each other. Did this dude endorse anyone during the mayoral race? I don't think so. I think he stared well clear. I know Bonnie Crombie uh, didn't endorse anybody. Smart. Um, Anyway, so do you expect more to join or are we just dealing with these five so far I don't know (laughs) I don't know who's interested in in writing the ship again the Ontario Liberal Party has been so absolutely devastated two elections in a row and the real shame about the most recent provincial election is that their vote share was actually very similar to the NDP but it was so inefficient that they still ended up being not a party. It's it's insane how our our how our government works. It's very fun. Now, um, for for fun, I wanted to ask this: What's to stop Kathleen Wynne from entering this race? I don't think she wants to. But like, she could. No, listen, but listen. She... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Listen. No matter. What you think of her, you're right. She absolutely could. I don't think she cares. I think she just wants to be retired. I think she just wants to be... Done? You know, yeah, she just wants to be your favorite, like, 
it's not your favorite. <laughs> but um, she Next. just wants to be retired and chilling. I I think she wants to stay out of it. That's that's well put. And actually, that's probably what's best. Um, you know, For her and us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'd have to give it to Bonnie Crombie. You know, Bonnie Crombie's big thing is moving the party. Apparently, during the Kathleen Wynn days, she moved the party farther left than even the NDP. Bonnie Crombie wants to move it right of center, which isn't that where the conservatives sit? Or are we well, or are we that's, saying no, these... that's my problem? Okay. Go that's ahead. That's my problem. Because sorry. Um, I think your concern might have been that either me or others might be branding the Ontario Conservatives as like far right. And I I don't think they are far right. I they're not no, they're not crazy. Like I shouldn't sorry. Donald but, Trump, slip, it's okay. Slip, Slip of the tongue. Um, no, I would say the Ontario Fuck. Conservatives are center-right. And so for Bonnie Crombie to say that she wants the Liberals to be center-right, first of all, what space is there for a party like that? There, if I And I, I just I don't understand it, because I do feel like there are two different sorts of Liberals. And it's... And, you know, they are, what, like, blue, blue Tories and red... Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I whatever. So hold on. Hold on. Pump the brakes for a minute. Can we agree that the NDP is the far left then? Or can we not agree on that? No, I think they're just the left. If no, maybe even just center left. Listen, I I, 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 I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna say something. I I, I think we're just I think our our position on the Overton window is gonna be very different. I here here's how I see it. The NDP to me are the far left uh uh nutcases. I'm sorry. (laughs) The pinko hippies smoking dope and giving bad advice. I'd even be willing to say that the conservatives they're not far right. They're kind of like middle right, but but they're there. They're like not as, more right than center right. You're saying, yeah, they're 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 not, they're not as, but they're not as far right as the Donald Trump loving right wing religious nuts down south. And I almost kind of want to say, I don't know if you get the same vibe, but like I I get the sense that the federal conservatives are more leaning, not quite there, but I feel like they're further right than the provincial conservatives. You know. This might be a good segue because I saw a tweet. Um, I guess Polyev is is doing tours and taking pictures and shit. And there's a there was a tweet about uh, uh, he was taking a picture with two guys, and the guy writes, uh, "Got to take a picture with the next prime minister of Canada." Thought you thought you'd like that one. Do you, do you have an opinion on, you know, as we take a moment, uh, a pause from our provincial pals and jump just briefly into our federal pals, um, have you have you heard this conversation that this, this thing that Pierre is doing where he's not wearing his glasses is like an image thing? Have you heard anything about that? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so apparently people are, are saying... Um, you know, because he's he's sometimes doing some of his speeches now without his glasses. And I got to tell you, and I don't even mean this meanly, 
I, I mean this more, well, sorry, okay. I mean this meanly, but in like a, a mean girls, gossipy, teenage kind of mean and not like an adult, serious, you know, criticism. It looks bad. <laughs> and like, Pierre, just wear the glasses for God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, just embrace the millhouse. I it just, it's all I'm asking. There is one point that I wanted to touch. And um, are you, f I might have asked you this before, and I apologize if you did and I don't remember, but do you know who Sid Sixero is? He is, is he CP24 or Breakfast Television? Breakfast Television. So recently, um, <clears throat> he addressed uh, comments that were made uh, regarding his position on, I can't remember if it was Trudeau or Polyev. And he said plainly, you know, my disdain for politics is across the board. I don't support liberals. I don't support NDP. I don't support conservatives. There are things that I like from each party. There are things that I don't like. When I don't like something, I'm going to call it out. When I like something, I'm going to I'm gonna say so. He's like, that's what it takes for me to be fair. And you'll remember that, uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but we actually touched on this subject. Instead, I think I used the word hate. So I, I want to reiterate, I, I don't hate uh, everybody, but... I guess I guess Sid Sixero. It's been a rough weekend. <laughs> Sid Sixero said it better. I I my disdain is equal across the board. Um, because as much as I don't like Doug Ford, my disdain is exactly equal for Justin Trudeau. My disdain is exactly equal for Jagmeet Singh, and so on and so forth. When they do something that I determine to be shitty, I'm going to call it out. And it, when they do something that I actually like, whenever that fucking day happens, I'll congratulate them. But until then, we're just, we're obviously, obviously we're going to call out more shit we don't like because they don't do anything we do like. Um, I just want to hit one more point on this. We'll go back to Provincial Pals for a minute. <laughs> you know... I am. Well, we'll use me as an example, okay? Because um, I'm all for. Uh, I'm a semi-open book to our audience. Uh, you know, there are some parts of my life I want to uh, not talk about, but I, I have no problem talking about this. You know, I work obviously full time. You know, I'm not in. I don't. I'm not on ODSP. I'm not on OW. I'm fortunate enough that I'm healthy enough to work, so I work full time, and. With this situation, with this rental increase, that's eventually going to affect me. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know what the game plan is. And you know, I, I thought about it. I thought about it. And I keep thinking about it. And this, you can call this whatever you want. You can call it fear mongering. I'm, I'm asking Philip a question. This is a question I'm going to ask you. I'm going to tell you what I thought, and then I, I want you to uh, uh, tell me if I'm batshit crazy. Sound good? Okay. So we live in, in in Toronto, and most of the downtown, it's all condos. 
Uh, the suburbs is where the single-family homes are, for, for the most part. Now, renters take up, is it is it 52 or 58%? I can't remember. Anyway, whatever. It's more than half. It's more than half renters. <clears throat> now, if Olivia Chow comes in and raises the property tax 10%, 15%, 20%, whatever the number is, doesn't matter if she raises it. So where I live, obviously I'm renting the house. So the landlord's going to get the property tax increase, but I'm going to get the rental increase. That's how it works. Um, if you don't understand that, Doug Ford, allow me to educate you. This is how it works. So they get the, they get the property increase. And with this new thing, we're going to get the rental increase. So it, am I batshit crazy for thick? I'm sorry. I just, I'm just trying to, um, uh, trying to select the right words, but am I batshit crazy for thinking that the government or sorry, correction, the donors who control the government, their plan is to have, have wide open areas where there's no people because they can't afford to live. They can't afford to continue buying their house or rent somebody else's house. And so you're going to have a bunch of single family homes like in a neighborhood, not unlike mine, completely bulldozed and condos go up, but nobody actually lives in the fucking condos because Airbnb owners have bought them all. And instead of, instead of Toronto being a nice place to live, it'll become a fucking tourist attraction. And instead of people living here, you're going to see the, you're going to see the population go right down but the tourist attraction, the, the the people that come here to visit, that'll that'll go up. Like, am I batshit crazy for thinking that this is the path that they've chosen, and and they're just going to nudge us along on it? Stop me if I'm crazy. So Matthew, I I want to respond to you. Oh, okay, right. Oh, yeah, Matthew, you're crazy. No, you're not crazy. Um, here's the thing. I, we're not, I don't believe we're going to end up that way. And it's partly because, uh, Airbnb currently is actually going through a bit of a crash. Now that's because Airbnb, uh, rentals are getting greedy and they're, uh, asking for too much and asking for people to, uh, pay cleaning fees and also do chores in their homes. Like, nobody wants to go to an Airbnb anymore. Uh, it's not a great proposition. I mean, and I know that's not the entirety of all that you're saying. Like, you're saying a lot of stuff. Uh, and I think a lot of it, I don't think it's a plan. I think it's, a lot of it is short-sightedness. Like, you know, and I, I say this every time when we talk about higher rents and wages not going up, or minimum wage specifically, People want to eat at McDonald's. People want to eat at Tim Hortons, you know, like on their way to work in the morning, they want their morning coffee. But they don't particularly care if the people who serve them their food can afford to live in the city. And that's always been my line. That's always been my, um, you know, you have to think of the bottom. And I mean, obviously there's people even below that, if you know what I mean. <sighs> 
And it's not just the provincial government you're speaking of, it's federal as well. In terms of caring about the people who, in, in your example, make your food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I think every level of government is dropping the ball. Uh, when, it, when it comes to in, being interested in making life affordable, you know? Unfortunately, I do know. And <laughs> uh, honestly, it it bums me out. It bums me out. You know, we've been doing this now for eight months. And before this, I was doing it for all last election. So it's safe to say I've been doing this for over a year. And, um, and because of your vast knowledge... I mean, I, I credit you the same amount of time. Um, so going back to my family members for a minute, you would think that when a subject of what the government is going to do comes up, they would actually take advantage of, hey, this guy has a podcast about this. He may actually know what the fuck he's talking about. Let's ask him. So they did. They asked me. They didn't like what I had to say. They did not like what I had to say. I can't help, like, I don't know. <sighs> can't save everybody, I guess. Save Philip. <laughs> uh, we try our best. Anyway, so I propose in the coming weeks. Um, next week, we're going to have, we're not done yet. Uh, there's a couple of more things I want to talk about. But uh, next week, we're going to have Sheena Sharp on the show. Uh, there was scheduling conflict, so she'll be on next week. And um, maybe the week after that, I was thinking um, we, we can both put out posts and ask uh, our listeners to send in questions and we'll answer them on the show. And they can be of a professional nature, like politics. What do we think about this guy? You know, Phil, what do you really think about Pierre Polyev? Or they could be personal. Yeah. They could be personal. Be not like, not like, hey, Matthew, how many times have you had sex in your life? Not like that personal. I won't answer that. I mean, but... that's not, that's not interesting. <laughs> no, it's not interesting. Believe me, it's very, very not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I was thinking we could do that uh, maybe in a couple of weeks. And then, um, you know, there's a, a couple of guests I want to try to get on here. Um Kevin Rupertson like, is at know, the top of the list. I feel like I can I can probably get him pretty easy. I feel like Paul Ainsley feels like he would be pretty uh he seems like he'd be accommodating and wanna wanna come on board. I would love that because my next piece is actually about him. So Ooh, he's okay. been he's been pulling a Josh Matlow and he's been calling people out. Okay. Oh, I wonder if he's going to get in trouble for that, but I hope not. He he, he sent a tweet. Uh, it's actually today, today, um, this morning at eight twenty nine a.m. The TTC makes me laugh. If you text, oh their, no, oh no. <laughs> if you text their service number, it gives you a time. Google Map, Maps gives you a different time, and the bus shows up at a completely different time. Hashtag TTC, hashtag TO Poly, hashtag, or sorry, at TTC helps. This was seen at the time I took the picture by uh, 1,551 people. 
What do you think about that? So here's the thing. I I even I responded to this tweet. Oh, you did. Um, I did. I must I must have missed that. Yeah. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure I'm like the first person to respond to the tweet. Um, and it was like I was just interacting with him very casually. Like, yeah, man, it it's weird that it sometimes works. The thing that's weird is all the people in the comments who are just like, like, oh my god, like attacking him for. I don't, like, he's on the TTC board, okay? And I understand what a lot of these people are saying. They're like, you know, you're on the TTC board. You're in a position to help change this. But, and I agree with them. They're right. But Paul, I think it's great that he's taking the TTC. And that he's experiencing these things so that he can take it to his experience on the TTC board so they can be fixed. Like... And they might say, well, why should he, why would he say that out loud? Like, it sounds dumb to the people who use the TTC regularly. Like, these are problems that we know about. But if he doesn't say this stuff out loud, how are people supposed to know that it's an issue that he's noticing? That's a good point. Um, you know, I, I'll say that he's one vote. So even if he wanted to fix everything wrong with the TTC, he's one vote. And uh, unfortunately... There are other votes, you know, I, I really would, I, it, I know that we talk about politics here, but sometimes playing politics with people's lives really pisses me off. It really angers me. And then, and then I, I, I can't seem to focus and it just, it's a, it, it's a fucking bus schedule. And because of the cuts, they can't honor it. They had to cut the service. It's just fucking depressing. Um, I wish I had something better to fucking say. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, to... again, I'll I'll still take the positive in this case. I'm taking the positive that Paul Ainsley, um, Councillor Ainsley, is on the TTC board. He's taking the TTC, and he is noticing problems. And for that. It's working towards stuff, which is good. He's the nightmare, and hopefully he'll be on the uh, municipals. You're welcome anytime, yeah. Councillor Ainsley, if you're listening. Um, to close out tonight, I got a hold of, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, it was Anna Bailao's election day results, well, advanced and election day results versus Olivia Chow's. And um, I thought maybe we could go over it. I don't know if you, you saw the tweet, but I, I copied the picture. Now, what's funny is the overall numbers is what I want to highlight first. So, advanced voting for Anna Bailao was 19,212 votes. For Olivia Chow, advanced voting was 60,441. Isn't that... That's insane. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great turnout. Now, if you let's ignore those advanced numbers just for one minute, okay? Election day votes for Anna Bailao, two hundred fifteen thousand nine hundred sixty-three. Olivia Chow got two hundred eight nine hundred thirty-one. So, if we were to scrap those advanced day results, we're looking at a mayor Bailao. I just thought that was interesting. Maybe I don't know your thoughts. <laughs> 
I mean, the thing is, what is you can't what, scrap those advanced votes? What it's, is what those, is the point? What is the point of? I never asked you this question. What do you think the point of advanced polling is? Or sorry, not advanced polling, um, advanced voting. It's it's an accessibility thing. It's just you know people who work different shifts, um, not conventional ones. You know, you only make it one day, and you know there's a lot of people who will have a hard time accessing voting that day. It's 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 entirely just an accessibility thing. I I'm just wondering. It just it it's very it's. It's interesting how she won the the advanced voting by forty thousand votes. I mean, there there's your election, right there. Yeah, which was decided if we're going by advanced numbers before election day. So let's. When go was over. the last day of advanced voting? I think like June twelfth. It was. Uh, when was the last? June thirteenth, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's go. I want to go over my ward and then your ward. So for Anna Bailao, advanced voting in Ward 1 was 297 votes, and Election Day was 5,451 votes. Uh, for Olivia Chow, advanced voting was 1,023, and Election Day was uh, 3,949. So in that's your... It. Yeah, that's just for Ward 1. No, no, I know, but like, yeah, I, I understand that I, Olivia did pretty bad in Etobicoke, right? Oh, yeah. Well, she's already the mayor, so I'll give her a pass, but... Yeah, when yeah you, no, it doesn't matter. When you... The, the, I know that the two debates that I attended personally, she wasn't there. Including the one that was organized by former city councilor... I can't remember his name. Fuck. Anyway, uh, he organized it and put a chair there with her with her name on it, and everyone took. Olivia Chow got more attention at that debate than anyone else, and she wasn't even there. They just kept pointing at the chair and taking shots at her. I told you about that. Um, no, no, I know, I remember. Did you? Were you? I never asked. Were you able to attend any um, debates in your neighborhood? I don't think I did. It's okay if you didn't. Man, I just... the election was only like a week ago, and I'm just like, oh, what happened in that whole election? <laughs> I, 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 tr when it's a debate, because I love debates, when it is a debate, I <laughs> really try hard to, to make it there. In your ward, uh, for Anna Bailao, advanced voting 705 votes, and election day 7854. And then for. Oh, that's really low. Yeah, but here, here, this number for Olivia Chow advanced voting or 20, 2370 for wow. advanced voting and for election day 7611. It's interesting, you know, Slim I'd, love, margins. I'd love to get the data for every candidate, the, these kind of numbers for every candidate, um, and just. I wonder, you know, a study is done uh, on every election. Um, I wonder if and who would do a study on this one. Uh, I just find it interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and 
the important part is that we we learn something from it because if, if we're not learning we're not we're doomed to repeat our mistakes but anyway i'll get off my soapbox is there anything that you wanted to talk about before we uh before we uh turn it over and uh get out of here i'm going to have a very small not too deep conversation not conversation just a thought a couple sentences uh you know when we talk about gridlock and traffic and and people blame bike lanes Here's the thing, okay? As you know, Matthew, I do not have a car. I do not have a driver's license. My dad has a driver's license. He doesn't own a car, but he borrows his neighbor's car. It's a weird situation. I don't ask too many questions. It's just, it is what it is. So so every now and then, you know, I've been able to get a ride home from work. So, like, today we're driving down, and it is, like, it's slow moving. It's... You know, it's a lot of traffic. And are you talking, are you talking about the we're DVP? not even we weren't we weren't even on the DVP. We were going down um I can't remember the street. It's by it's by Queen, but I can't remember the name of the street. But it's that it's that important. <laughs> we're driving down and there's like obviously it's just like bumper to bumper slow moving. And there's also the lane next to us full of cars. And finally, there's a point we get past them. And it only just occurs to me there. I was like, oh, those are parked cars. Why do we like, why do we let, why do we let cars park on the street? Is, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I wholeheartedly agree. You know, I'm a delivery driver. I don't, um, I don't try to hide that. Um, so there are times where there are loading zones throughout the city. I don't know if you know, especially downtown, um, there are loading zones and nothing pisses me off more than going to deliver and going to a loading zone. And there's just cars parked there. This is a loading zone, not a fucking parking zone. (laughs) Um, but yeah, people, people sometimes in their cars, they're just, they're kings. They're kings, and they can do what they want. Hey, that's my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, so I think that's it for today. You know, I took your advice, and I looked up some, uh, some states that we don't have listeners yet and try to not shame them, but encourage them to listen. So... I do have a short okay. short list before we start our, our thank yous for everyone that does listen. So I think we are we don't have any listeners in Montana, either one of the Dakotas. Oh my uh, god, Dakotas. Yeah. Oklahoma, Louisiana, Maine, Connecticut, Vermont, and Delaware. To name a few. We don't have any from Vermont. Right? My boy Bernie Sanders isn't a listener? I guess not. But anyway, (laughs) I'd rather focus on our listeners. And before we get off, though, encourage the, the, the states I just mentioned to listen. Let us know if you like it.
You know, we're we're open to constructive criticism. Don't tell me to fuck myself. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's let's uh, let's thank the people that do listen to us. You know, we have listeners in Italy, in France, the UK, Belgium, Sri Lanka. Turkey is a new one. We have listeners in Turkey. I can't believe that. Um, St. Grenadines in uh, something, something. I can't remember. Um, Venezuela, Mexico, uh, El Salvador. uh, Of course, the United States. I'm probably missing a a few other countries. Um, And in the States, you know, Washington State, Oregon, California, Nevada, Texas, um, New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, um, Indiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. I'm missing a good one. I can't, I can't, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, Ohio. What the fuck? I always start with Ohio. Uh, thank you, Ohio. Yeah, thank you. Ohio. Thank you, Minnesota as well. And of course our homegrown fans here in Canada, uh, Ontario, Ontario. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you in Alberta. Thank you in BC. Thank you in Quebec. Uh, we really appreciate everyone that listens. Um, we strive hard to be fair. And I, and I think for the most part, we are fair. And uh, thank you guys. Again, we don't want your money. We want you to support us in the way of listening. If you find someone that likes politics, hook them onto our podcast and we'll do the rest of the work and we'll strive to entertain you. But yeah, I mean, that's it for me. Uh, uh, Phil, do you have anything you want to add before we get out of here? I feel like it's, uh, you know what? We are ready for a new, we were, you know, provincial pals today. We were federal pals today. Just a quick uh, municipals note. We're just waiting for the new mayor to get started, you know? Um, looking forward to getting that ball rolling. July 12th. Can't wait. Her quote-unquote, can we say coronation? Yeah, let's call it that. Sure. <laughs> I, I, won't, uh, I won't fight you. And, hey, if you can attend it, that's great. I, I won't be able to, but... I listen, like I said last week, I want to be wrong about her. I want to be wrong. So I hope I am. But anyway, with that, uh, we're done here. So for Phil, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we will see you guys next week. This is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold it.